welcome to the second episode of the Back of the Net podcast by the Weymouth Street Massive. And we thank you for your continued support as we do these podcasts and bring you interviews from players, managers and chairmen of different clubs around football. Uh, And we'd like to just warn you that in this episode there are two alarms towards the end. Um, They are unfortunate, um, but we hope you can bear with us as we work out the finer details um, of the recordings. Um, And we hope to say that this won't happen in the future. Thank you very much and we hope you enjoy listening today. Hello and welcome back. It is the Weymouth Street Massive here and it's Ben and welcome to the podcast Back of the Net for our second episode and I've got with me Ryan, also a member of the Weymouth Street Massive. Hello. And a Tottenham supporter. And a Tottenham supporter. And, Tottenham. and as you can hear, we have the wonderful <laughs> and brilliant David Parry with us. Not to um, talk about wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, chairman of Warminster Town. Um, and it's great to have you on. Thank you. Thanks um, very much. So we're going to be here. Yeah, we're going to be talking about um, a few things from your past growing up and, and supporting different different teams and working for different teams. Um, and then currently being chairman of Wolverhampton Town, mm. how, how that's been uh, this season, um, as we followed fairly consistently so far this season. Um, and then we'll just have a general football chat, uh, like we do, ask you the really important questions, I feel. Um, like what am I having to And talk about some of the issues that might be surrounding the game today, um, which uh, I'm sure people will be interested to know what your thoughts and uh, opinions are on that. No problem at all. So I thought we'd begin off with, I mean, me and Ryan have heard, heard a few stories, you know, you've told us uh, from time to time about what's gone on uh, and throughout your, your life, and a particular one that stands out for me is your dad's career. Yeah, my dad was a professional footballer, he started off um, playing football after the Second World War, when he was a teenager playing for sides in North Wales, where he came from, um, and got spotted by a scout from Spurs. So in the very early 50s, either 50 or 51, he started, was taken onto the ground staff, junior, called junior ground staff. Nowadays, called apprentices, but a bit different. And um, was with Tottenham for five, four or five years. But some of that was national service, but he was lucky enough because he was good enough for football not to have to go off to Korea fighting. He ended up playing for Tottenham the weekends and the army during the week. So there you go. That was, that was where he's, and that's where he my mum, who was already into football, she was a season ticket holder at Tottenham, unfortunately, my dad. So, hence the Tottenham, which I'm very pleased to see that. Hence the Tottenham connection. <laughs> but his main professional career was at Gillingham, uh, when he got a full-time professional contract from 1955. Played over 200 games there. Um, and uh, when he passed, which was some years ago now, um, he uh, we found his contract offer. Signing on fee, chaps, £10 a week. £10, £9 a week <laughs> wages with a win bonus of £2. Oh, don't we wish they were like that today? Uh, no, not really, because <laughs> that wasn't enough to live on. <laughs> um, the, the club, um, we lived in a rented house paid for by the club, because I was born in 58. Um, so, in fact, my dad, I think, was on his way back from Carlisle playing Division Four football when I was born back in 58. So, um, yeah. Hence the grey hair. Um, but 200 <laughs> games, my godfather, for those you won't know who I'm talking about, but Ron Saunders, who was Aston Villa manager in the 80s, took them to the uh, champions, uh, the league championship in 1981. 1981, that's right. So there is a family connection uh, with football. I remember his career more at Margate in the uh, Southern League, which is obviously a little bit different now because 
you know, the pyramids coming, but Southern League was a lot further up the pyramid in those days, and they won the Southern League title. I can remember him playing there. I can remember waiting for him to come out of the changing rooms. The last one's out. But if he won, I used to get a little corky toy because there'd be a win bonus. And if we lost, I still got some chocolate. Um, but I remember the floodlights fading and the orange light. I know it sounds silly. You remember that sort of thing from that, those years ago as a kid. I watched my dad play. And he's, then he started managing the football team. So football's in the family. But the message with me, my two brothers play football competitively for the county and for the local area and for local clubs. But I didn't because, one, I have these on, and two, I know what to do up here, but the message doesn't get down to my feet. Uh, I mean, I can reiterate that for, for myself personally. Um, we love the game, but just can't can't quite play. No, that's why I never tell the lads what to do because I don't. <laughs> no, and the, and the girls, of course. I tell them to smile, though. I got into trouble a few weeks ago. But I'll tell you that later. Oh, I look forward to that story. Um, so you've given us a great description there and a, a long long career. I wonder if Brian had any questions about Tottenham Tottenham back then. Wow. Well, of course, you said you know, your dad played, so what was that like for you? Well, my dad playing at Gillingham, uh, Tottenham, obviously I wouldn't remember, but Gillingham, I don't really honestly remember because I was only three when he left, but I do remember sitting in the van when we were moving from one house to another when he had yeah. to leave the Gillingham house. But my main memories is, okay, but dad used to take me to Gilling- uh, Tottenham matches. Okay. And in 1970, I had my very first game on White Hart Lane. It was against Manchester United. Now, again, I'm going to say players that you two go, who? <laughs> um, George Best, Bobby Charlton, uh, Alan Gilzine, uh, Martin Shivers, Martin Peters, um, Pat Jennings. Legends of the games in the 70s. Yeah, 55,000 in the ground, of which only two uh, two sides were stands up. And of course, at my age, I was, what, 11? So my dad and my granddad uh, took me and my youngest brother, the middle brother, who's three years younger than me, all went and watched the game because my mum and my grandma's parents, uh, grandma's house was a mile away, just off White Hart Lane, so you could walk down there to the game. You didn't have to get a car or anything like that. So it really was their local club. Um, an amazing experience. And uh, then I saw Brian Moore interview George Best after the game as well because obviously with the crowds, we were um, so close, we waited. But it's a distinct memory, and it's still available in YouTube, 2-2 draw black and white admittedly but um, coverage but I've seen been to a few games at Tottenham over the years but that's been my second team Gillingham's always been my first team because that's my hometown or wow. well, was my hometown now it's not of course <laughs> wow I mean that's just incredible and, um, I mean what an era I mean I, I, I know some of those names obviously George Best sticks in the mind and Bobby Charlton of course a bit of a hero um, around England um, but what was that move like going from Gillingham to Margate Gillingham to Margate in those days you had every year you had a, a retained list It's not there weren't contracts you had to be up for moving at the end of each year and I think there was a change of manager and Dad's the new manager didn't fancy Dad playing so actually Dad ended up playing at Margate and then did a full time job working for a packaging company in Kent uh, called Bow Waters and played for Margate on Saturdays and occasional midweeks. In fact, another thing we found in the scrapbook when we passed was a, a letter when they did well in the FA Cup one year and they got to the second round and got a replay against Notts County and the secretary of Margate wrote a pleading letter to uh, Margate, uh, to um, my dad's firm asking to have uh, the day off so we could go to Notts County and play the replay. Oh, wow. 
that must have been special. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But of course, I, I find that out later, and I found some stuff about my dad, my dad's career at Margate um, um, on on Wikipedia and on Margate sites. But while before we forget Gillingham and my dad's connection, now I'll make a, a, a story. I should warn you: if I do talk too much, stop me. <laughs> um, but when my dad was seventy-five, I was working with Gillingham, which we'll come on to, I'm sure, later on. And uh, I spoke to the club secretary and said, "Look, my dad's seventy-five. He played two hundred games. Is there any way you can get one of the sponsors to have him sitting in the lounge, their lounge, and watch the game? So is there something special for him?" And uh, a couple of days later, he said, "No, we're not doing that." Mr. Scally, the club chairman, has got to hear about it, and he wants him to be his guest. So he sat in the board. He sat, had lunch with the two boards for Bournemouth and Gillingham, and sat in the boards, uh, the director's box for that game. And uh, my dad was introduced by the club announcer, and he got a huge round of applause, which is very touching to me. And uh, he waved to everybody, and he rang me up in quite a state at the end of the day. He says, "That's a cracking day." Uh, sadly, the following year he did pass. Um, two days before Gillingham Shrewsbury playoff final at Wembley. Wow. Um, I mean... Yeah, that was hard because, you know, I was all over the place mentally um, and uh, my wife managed to find his old club laser uh, badge and gave it to me at the game, at Wembley. I popped it in my pocket and we won 1-0 in the 90th minute. Um, wow. Hmm. And you can see I'm going to tear up if I'm on kick, but there you go. <laughs> so mean, football's ingrained in this brain. Yeah. People sometimes, you know, say, oh, who knows nothing about football? Just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just so many special moments. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's what a special moment to be honoured by the club in that way, and that's mm. what we love about football and you know, they honour the people. Not only you just play, but also have a, a special connection to the club in, in, in so many yeah. different ways. Uh, and that's my, I think, rather great. We yeah, love definitely coming down to Warminster Town and having that connection. Yeah, and you can see at other grounds that something that struck me this season is the. Um, how can I put it? Is seeing how many people uh, are dedicated to their clubs at our level, and the amount of work they put into. I've got a lot of time for the, the younger chairman like Troy from Titherington Rocks last week against the, someone like Malcolm at Welton Rovers. He's been around the block a few times that he would admit that, and the dedication, the guys on the you know the the um, gates, also everyone who puts effort in, and uh, I don't think there's enough made uh, enough credit given to those people, frankly. No, oh, without a shadow of a doubt, and I mean, I think that leads us brilliantly onto your own career working with clubs, um, and you know, you've already outlined that you did some work for Gillingham, which Gillingham, Gillingham, Gillingham. Please excuse me, I, hang I, on a minute. I spent time in Gillingham in, in Dorset, and so <laughs> I, I see it, I read it. Yeah, how confused I was early on this season when we played Gillingham down there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, let's put it this way. I, 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 I watched Dad's team and I did, Dad stopped playing football and I was obviously interested in football. But in the 70s, as a teenager, you get the chance and you think, oh, do a little bit of your own thing. And I started uh, following Gillingham properly. I'd seen the odd Gillingham going with Dad, but not properly. I said, about the 70s, we got promoted. Funnily enough, again, I watched a game of that on YouTube this week, Gillingham versus Exeter in the 73 74 season. And the winner Colchester as well um, so I started watching regularly with mates from school started going to away matches and that was it um, I barely missed a game from 19, the end of 1974 season till 2017 hence even more reason for grey hair because Gillingham can be very very good or limit awful 
Um, having said that, so that was the following football, but my dad also ran a Sunday team and uh, they really did well. Bridge Rovers, you know, um, they, he had a really the ability to run, uh, get the best out of players. I always felt he'd be a damn good manager, actually. Um, but he never went no, to the professional level. Um, but uh, they did well. I used to run the line, then got involved in the admin as well. Then um, my brother, his team, he, my youngest brother is 10 years younger than me. His manager left, and the club said to me, Do you fancy running them? There you go. <laughs> so I got involved in that uh, and then ended up running the uh, um, youth league in the Medway Towns with there's about 120 teams because Medway Towns is a quarter of a million people. So quite a few football clubs. So I got involved in all that as well. Used to be the press secretary. And in those days, there was no such thing as internet. I was on the phone for four hours every evening, every Sunday evening, writing up the reports and hand delivering them to the local newspapers on Saturday night, Sunday morning. Bonkers. Absolutely. I mean, that's not a lot of work. <laughs> no, 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 you know, no computers, no nothing. We're talking early 80s. I mean, that's, that's impressive. But you still, my, I have my team, I still keep in contact with two or three of them still now, all from the late eight, early 80s. So I'm still in contact with something, including one who's emigrated to the United States. Wow. So still in contact with them. So good fun. That's amazing. But Gillingham, I started work there in 80, proper work in 88 there. Yeah. I was watching as a fan for years. And one day, I was uh, watching a game with my then fiance, now my wife, of course, and uh, we, the announcer made a rude remark about the referee's decision. Or rather, he said, goal scorer Liam Robinson, 10 out of 10 for the dive. You can't say that on a tenor. <laughs> oh. You can't. Much as though you want to at times, but you can't. So uh, a friend of mine said that my connection with the league he knew some of the clubs. He said, come on, come down to the ground. And that started a 27-year relationship, a 27, 29-year relationship with the Gillingham Football Club, helping out behind the scenes. Used to do match announcing, um, CCTV, match controller, general help out behind the scenes, and ended up doing quite a few match announcing uh, details. Not the main man, not Sir, Sir or Lord Doug Hudson of Priestfield who's still doing the job at 71, 72, fantastically well. Um, but yeah, I could go down so many rabbit holes with so much fun <laughs> to have that, but my pride and joy there was when I was um, match announcer, Dougie was away, and we actually won a league, won a title for the first time in 49 years, and I was announcing in front of 11,500 people when we played Wimbledon and got the point we needed for the title, and I had to announce the trophy being handed over and time it exactly right for the hang. What I'm saying to go out there. So, um, yeah. Again, special moments. Oh God, yeah, moments. and uh, yeah. Uh, of course, that's YouTube. I can actually go and live on that and uh, goals and various announcements I've made. That's yeah. It's football's there, but it, it's love of the game. Uh, and love of the game. I've been to so many places watching it as well. Wrexham on New Year's Day. People wonder what gone mad 3-3 <laughs> draw come back from York having seen us lose 2-0 with a two home goals in the last five minutes and got home to find it had been snowing all day and got out and literally the snow was up to my knees when I got out of the car I mean we haven't had any stories like that yet have we Ryan I mean travelling uh, no, I, I definitely have no. We, we've done Not a, yet. We've done a fair bit. I mean, went up to to Leicester. I mean, well, I went up to Leicester with yep. uh, Liam one time, and I mean that was a fairly late evening, and we did. Um, I did Arsenal two days before Christmas. 
um, but not quite knee deep in snow. No, <laughs> no, no. There's another Arsenal occasion. I went to see Arsenal Norwich just before Christmas and came home and I couldn't get my car away from the station. Got halfway up the hill. It snowed there oh. and it wouldn't go any further, so I had to leave it and go back to it the following morning when it thawed out a bit. But, but. I think the worst one I've had is Cardiff City away on New Year's Day for Tottenham. You went to Cardiff. <laughs> I went to Cardiff on New Year's Day. And I had to get a bus train, bus train, yeah. bus. Yeah. My, Absolute nightmare. My, um, my, my, my uh, in-laws uh, were, were Gillingham fans as well, so that probably helped when I met Sarah. Um, and they went down to Cardiff and uh, they said they'd never go to the place again. In the old Ninian Park, <laughs> it was horrendous, the, um, the uh, behaviour. Yes. Mm. Different. Well, ho- hopefully it's... it's Picked itself up since then. Mm. Um, I mean, we're not never shy of stories about uh, issues at grounds, unfortunately. Um, it's better than it was. But far, than it was. far, far better than it was. Um, but there's always room for There's always some wallies around. <laughs> and I said, I'm very <laughs> careful how I say <laughs> that. Um, and I mean, I've got down here supporting Tottenham, but I mean, clearly Gillingham is the, the, the first, um, first love for you. Uh-huh. Um, do you have a best best moment, a moment that just Well, obviously, he's there, he's there, he's there, yeah, the championship winner, two or three seasons before there, I was match announcing, we were 4-2 down with eight minutes to go, got to 4-4, Gazaniga, who ended up at Tottenham, was our goalkeeper then, saved a penalty at 4-4, the ball went down the other end and we scored in the 93rd minute to make it 5-4, I couldn't tell who scored, so I just said, <laughs> who cares, it's 5-4. <laughs> that there but obviously yeah, let's be fair Gillingham have had one bad game at Wembley in the playoffs against uh, Mark Halsey's Manchester City or the other way around the referee added five minutes on for no apparent reason and that's how he lost that game but I'm not bitter about that it may be, <laughs> it may be 23 years ago but I'm not bitter in any way shape or form the following season beating Wigan to get into the championship and we've never been that high five years there absolutely tremendous fun knocking Sheffield Wednesday out of the FA Cup but it's that same season in 2000 um, um, and uh, I know it sounds a silly one but in 1993 beating Halifax to actually stay in the um, stay in the football league um, I did cry that day I mean that's special moment <laughs> yeah 2-0 yeah, win and the crowd came on at the end 8,500 in the ground and um, it was I still yeah Gilliam's there but Tottenham there too yeah Tottenham, you know, I've been lucky enough to see them give Real Madrid a thrashing um, and I think we were talking about that earlier weren't we that <laughs> happened to appear on uh, YouTube today I was there when Real Madrid was stuffed 3-1 and uh, I mean stuffed they were lucky to they were lucky to stay on the pitch Ronaldo was very very average that day um, but Deli Ali was like, like a superstar such mm. a shame he's, he's, he's lost his way a bit but also the following season I saw them play Barcelona no um, Messi and nothing well you know I, yeah, he's the he is the most natural footballer of his generation he's a natural footballer Ronaldo's more physical I've got a lot of time for Ronaldo but Messi is the goal as far as I'm concerned he's, he's the best footballer I've <laughs> ever seen he's the best footballer I've seen certainly since Cruyff and Pelé there you go. I mean, that's going to answer a question we're going to ask later. Well, on. yeah, but no, I just thought I'd I mean that. <laughs> <laughs> and is, is there a lowest moment? Oh God, you're a Tottenham fan. 
<laughs> you, 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 you beat Manchester City, then you lose to Burnley. It, it it's, it's goes there. Having said that, Conti seems to have got them running. And I'm going to be controversial. If I got near Matty Cash again from Aston Villa, I'd kick him somewhere. <laughs> um, those tackles that the Aston Villa, and they're handing them out to Arsenal a few weeks before, the Football League, the Football Association, the Premier League, should be holding an inquiry into that sort of behaviour. Because those tackles are dangerous. They could be career-ending, they could have done Saka, and they could have done... And taking Kane out. Gerard calls himself a patriot, yet he's sending out sides to nobble... England's top players. I mean, I saw the challenge on TV and it looked awful. I just, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand it. And I go on at these, this level here about tackles. I think most of the tackles in our football are not malicious. No. They're mistimed. But those professionals know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I, can't, I can't abide that. I'm sorry. It's quite a strong thing. And also here, if I see a player down, no matter what, who they're playing for, I'm telling that. I want the referee to stop the game no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Because the player needs protecting. Anyway, enough of controversy. I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'll ask the same question to, to Ryan as a Tottenham fan. Um, and I mean, I'll answer as an Arsenal fan in a second. Is there a, is there a lowest ask. moment for you? I think I, I think the lowest moment is that we get really far and we just bottle it. Like, Champions League final, we got to it. I don't think Lost. I was bottled it. That was a corrupt decision by the VAR. The, uh, <laughs> but the, even Liverpool fans are lowest said it was, the VAR, VAR went against Tottenham that yeah. day. Yeah, it's, it's just and mean, it's, Liverpool fans I know didn't get that. work in there. Yeah, but the resources. We just, we just can't. We just can't do it. If you could transfer oh, yeah. transfer the chairman to actually get someone who's actually interested in football rather than do it looking at pennies and how much money he can earn, he'd be better. He'd be gone. Yeah, he'd be gone. He'd be gone. He'd be gone. I mean, as an Arsenal fan, I, I, the, only, the one that sticks out for me in my lifetime will be in the Europa League final. That was a pretty dark day. Mm. Um, Chelsea fully um, deserved that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you didn't turn up. No, no. Uh, so that was, that was pretty, and pretty bad. You're too young for the Naeem got shot over um, Siemens' head for the covers. Slight, slightly too young. In Paris. Yeah. Um, yeah, they could fall. Having said that, I have seen Arsenal play in the European final. I'm aware there's been been, been some. 1980. <laughs> I was I was in Brussels for that one. That yeah. was an amazing experience. I mean, it is the Champions League final as well for uh, against Brussels also in my lifetime. Unfortunately, I was slightly too young to be able to remember what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've watched it on the replay, and it, it yeah does make my blood boil sometimes. Um, <laughs> Still, there'll be lots of clubs who. <laughs> Yeah, love supporters love to see their side in at Chase. Exactly, and we're very, very privileged to have experienced that, um, like you say. Um, but there you go. There's, those are our, our lowest moments um, as, as fans. And I mean, I put this question down here a little bit tongue in cheek from an Arsenal fan. But can Tottenham win something? Yeah, can next season if Lee backs Conte in the summer, no problem. You look at Doherty until he was ambushed by Tash uh, last Saturday he's changed he's, he suddenly looks a, stu- a steady player um, and doing a job for him the, the last couple of signings in Kulisewski and Betancourt and of course Romero before um, uh, he arrived uh, a strength in the side no question and if you've got Kane and Son in the side mm. you've got a chance yeah. no question it just you know it, just the two or three players there but Levy has got to put his hand in his pocket he's got to stop Think going to the owner and saying you can't take all those billions away with you. Give me a, a sensible sum, and we can compete. Um, 
that's that's my attitude. There's a possibility of Tottenham winning something. I can't say Premier League because you look at the depth that Manchester City have got and um, Liverpool have got. They're they're in there. Um, that's too too far ahead yet. But why not? Yeah. You, it's like everything you've got to be positive football everyone starts off positive and then you get reality check um, pretty soon or you're in with a shout so let's be positive that they can win something next year what do you think I definitely think they can win something if it's, if it's not next year then definitely the year after but I completely agree that we, we, we've actually got to spend money um, spend money wisely not yeah, go, not, not just throw it out yeah. there but. not buy a player for 10 million and hope you can make money later mm-hmm. on you've got a problem sometimes take the player to the next level up yeah because I think if Kulisewski is 25 million good grief, yeah. that's a bargain and I agree with what you said about Doherty he was my least favourite player at Tottenham <laughs> um, and now that's completely changed um, I always have a question for you that's coming from a Tottenham fan mm. do you think Kane will go in the summer no I'm joking. No, no, you can see. What? Why should he? he? The lad is enjoying his football. He comes from the area. Uh, if Sky Sports start their usual nonsense, oh, let's get rid of Kane. Sky have got an agenda that supports Manchester United and Liverpool and nobody else, and they enjoy it. Was it just a coincidence that the first game of the season did be covered on Sky as Manchester City Liverpool or Tottenham when they were trying to sell Kane all through the summer? Or am I being unduly cynical <laughs> about Scottish sports? <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I don't think so. I think you can see he's enjoying his football. And uh, he's earning a reasonable amount of money. And this is something right down to our level. You've got to enjoy your football. And if you see, you can see by someone's body language, that's what upset me under Mourinho, when Son, you could see he was heartbroken at playing on a side that basically boring everyone to death. Mm-hmm. And he could see all the natural excitement and exuberance had gone out of his game. And that upset me because I I don't mind... I'm not tribal as far as that's concerned. If I see a good player on any team, I enjoy watching De Bruyne I don't get, or anyone like that because they're gifted players. When you see someone as naturally gifted as Son, not enjoying his football, that hurts. Mm. Agreed. No doubt. Uh, and I, I mean, it's similar for, uh, for an Arsenal fan watching players. Yeah. We went through a period only a couple of years ago where players weren't exactly looking like they were enjoying um, the, the the game style I enjoy watching Saka a naturally gifted player and, and his, the treatment of his him and the other lads who missed penalties in the summer was nothing short of disgraceful that was awful um, I mean we, we could don't, sit here and don't miss penalties deliberately I will criticise Southgate because got his, he, got, he bottled his tactics in the night but I won't criticise the players for being brave enough to go and take a penalty mm-hmm. and for yeah, the okay. rubbish they received afterwards it was absolutely disgrace yeah I mean we could dedicate a whole podcast just to that issue alone I mean it's it's taken over the football world in the last year or so unfortunately just really what stupidity just stupidity oh it's not just the football world is it you just look generally you can get away you, you, you yeah, I find it amazing that people can make a slight, an error of judgment in a football match. It's more serious than certain other errors of judgment that have been made are very high on the list of, uh, on the agenda at the moment, which I won't go into because my wife's told me not to. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I tell you what. On that, on that note, let's go right uh, down into now, now yeah. here and now, and we'll go into Warmest Town because what more controversy could we find? Um, and, and being chairman of Warmest Town. How does an opportunity like that arise and come about? 
like most things, I've been listening to some podcasts of other chairmen. There's a podcast that's uh, for chairman to chairman, chair to chair is called on Podbean. It's worth a listen. Um, normally, you find yourself falling into a position. Now, um, when I intended moving down, I was told I had to move down here through work. We settled on, we were looking at either Warminster or Westbury, and I ended up in Westbury because we couldn't find something that suited us here. But I went to a gym in Westbury, once I finally moved, and Martin Johnson owns the gym. Lewis Graham is one of the PTs there. So, imagine me not wanting to talk, ha. Huh. So I talked about football, and then he got going on, and Martin said, yeah, you ought to come along and watch. Okay. So I came along and watched uh, the Westbury versus Warminster derby back in August 2020 and started watching the game. Craddy said, you know, you might hear some, I might be a bit fruity language or something like that. I said, well, don't <laughs> worry. I'd rather listen to that someone get involved and passionate about the game than these idiots and Yeovil banging a drum to my left. It would drive me mad. But <laughs> it was it was back to watching proper football, in my opinion. Um you can hear things, you can see things, you can have a laugh. So I started watching games, and he said, yeah, I've been talking to someone at Sean Bowden, and he said, he wants a bit of help for assistant secretary, come along. I thought, here he goes, let's go, and see what happens. <laughs> so then I come to meet everybody on the committee, and I start off giving um, Sean some help, and then Sean and change work, and then, oh, could you step on secretary? This is October, September, October in 2020, and it all went from there. And then I got uh, asked to stand, well, I got nominated to stand as chairman, that's more accurate, um, in May. And um, here I am. <laughs> here you are indeed. Mm. Um, and I mean, what's that experience been like, running a community football club? Well, it's right, it's community football, football club's important. I think community is important anyway. Um, and I come from a town where there's very small communities, but if you come from an area where you've got the Gillingham and Raynham combined are about 120,000 people, it's difficult to form a community there, even though you feel some affinity to the Gillingham Football Club, I certainly do. Um, but it's different here. Um, smaller towns, you realise what an impact it has. Now, one of the things that happened, you, know, you may recall, um, partly when the season got abandoned again in early 21, uh, Owen Bartley and some of the ladies in the reserves decided to do a virtual run to Barcelona, mm. raising money for the food bank. And a wonderful job they all did there too. Uh, 1,400 quid, something like that. And I know the club contributed as well. That makes you realise how important a football club can be as part of a community. Mm. And I totally supported that. We've had one, two, two charity games here this season since uh, I've been lucky enough to take over as chairman, raising money for... Um, cancer charity and raising money for um, the uh, condition that uh, young Finley Bennett's got um, and seeing the people of the community involved up here we did the collection for the food bank back at Christmas and the, the, the they were genuinely grateful for uh, the, the efforts that we made and that's putting, putting back into the community but there's a responsibility as well that you're looking after the club, it's the players are important I think um, and we are facilitating those players. You can see around this room now, you've got other teams in past, because you think there's history back to 1878 here. So you've got to respect, you've got to respect that, and you've got to realise that you're just custodians of the club. Yeah. But you want to take it forward, and you've got to not look back. 
uh, one of my favourite uh, books uh, to do with the promotion season at Gillian when we got to the championship was Never Look Back. You can learn from your mistakes, but you don't think things were better then. You've got to find ways of making things better. And um, I found trying to do that um, a challenge. Um, and there are days when I think, what the heck have I done? But most of the time I enjoy it. Couldn't put it better myself. I mean, that's what a great way to look at you know, being part of the football club. Isn't it? Mm. And, you, and I've mentioned it already about the volunteers at other clubs. And we've got volunteers here. We've got people who will do things. You look at the management teams. None of them get paid a penny. But whether they're the reserves, the first, uh, the ladies team, or you know, Andy and Ashley, um in charge of the first team. No one gives those people enough credit in my mind. Without them, we wouldn't have a functioning club, and everyone should be eternally grateful to what for what they all do. And uh, I think, in particular, Tim to uproot and come here and take that team to a position where they're in the ladies. Glenn rebuilding this year, trying to get them playing. But my word, Andy and Nashie, what a dynamic duo they are! With great help from Eddie and Sean as well, and Tom, of course, the physio. Um, and, and I mean. That, that, that and Andy and Ashley deserve a huge amount of credit for taking this club from where we were. I think when Andy took over, we were next to bottom in the Western League Division One, to where we've been this season in the top four, or virtually all season, um, and still with a fighting chance of getting into, the, into step five football, which was the highest ever. They've got to be given a huge amount of credit. Uh, I mean, it's, it's amazing, and I think Brian can agree with me on this, but it just seeing them around the ground and the reception that they'll give the you know, the people watching the the community as as we speak it, it is it's great you know sometimes you come to clubs and particularly bigger clubs and you find that they're so far removed mm. by by the rows of seats but you come here and that they you know they're right next to you and feeling the same emotions that you're going through watching yeah, I, think, I think you're right uh, I think we're lucky right up to the, the, I've seen one game of Froome when we were called off earlier this season uh, I went and watched the game of Froome and even with the 600 crowd there's people who know each other there of course yeah. you get it at Gillingham to be fair but he, there's a feeling of community I still think there and I see nothing wrong in thinking about this card couldn't think bigger oh without doubt yeah it, 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 but it needs resources it needs support and it will need time yeah I mean I, I agree with that I think Brian yeah Time, time will agree, yeah. Hopefully as long as there are not too many photos by Jamie House at least. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Jamie? <laughs> yes, I've still got to get, get my own back on it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, the question on everybody's lips these days is how has COVID affected the club? Well, if you think about the, the, the bar here, it's a very important element of the income coming in. There's no doubt that we had support from the government, but that isn't the same as uh, getting here. And also, I think you, COVID broke people's habits of coming to games. And uh, early on this season, I think people were still nervous. So attendances weren't quite so good. But it's... You, well, from a practical point of view, you had to complete your reset. It started off this season from scratch with having to restock the bar because all the stuff was old. Yeah. Yeah? It was all sorts of things like that. Um, and it did affect things. And the protocols, you weren't... So it does affect... We've had help from the government. A question of help with the council. or the government give the money to the council, we've had that. But it, it sets... The, in terms of investment, I think it's probably set us back two or three years because we're having to... Mm. You haven't had a chance to build up enough reserve 
to buy things to do things yeah so it does affect you um, but we're doing our very best I mean you've done an incredible job and, and we've seen to, a, to, a, to an extent the, the, the effect that Covid had I mean I can't imagine what it's like as chairman knowing the effect that it's had um, but we're well, to be fair, most most of the worst of the worries were with uh, the previous chairman because he had to operate during that. I was came in when things were easing off, but he's still. Um, let's be fair. Um, the Pete and Co did a wonderful job stabilising the club over here, um, and I, you know, without that, we wouldn't be in the situation we're in. And uh, yeah, we've got to be grateful to Pete and his uh, colleagues for something. No, certainly, and I mean, we won't be able to do what we we do uh, every weekend, every Saturday coming down. We won't be able to shout, "Come on!" Exactly. (laughs) I mean, we won't be able to produce these absolutely class videos. Absolutely. (laughs) They're not big; they're massive. Oh, oh, they're they're incredible. (laughs) (laughs) They are very. Yeah, don't worry. Someone's fed me that line. (laughs) (laughs) Now, um, with promotion looking likely, yeah, what would that mean to the club? And for you, if we did get the promotion, it'd be a heck of a challenge. Um, but I think in the challenge you shouldn't be shown out. I, 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 I've had one or two. It used to be at Gillingham as well back in the seventies. They used to accuse the chairman of deliberately fouling up games at the end of the season not to get promoted. I never believe that. Um, I certainly don't believe it here. I think you've got to, uh, to take the opportunity. I think it's the expression I'm looking for. Take the opportunity. Um, it will be one heck of a challenge, but my goodness, what fun! Um, it's got, you've got to look at that. We would have to improve facilities here very rapidly, but already we've been had a ground degrading, and we know what we'd need to do. But we would get funding the football foundation, and there is another fund I might be able to get hold of money off from as well. Um, so there would be some needs and some improvement of facilities around here, no question. Um, we haven't got to worry about the lights; they passed their test recently, so we've got a two-year. Uh, floodlight problem but that's problem solved but we've got to have probably extra seats extra terracing and new fencing just to start but there's ways and forward on that but it will be a challenge uh, no question but as far as the the um, everything else we've got to accept that I wouldn't have thought that it was in our plans to get it this year but because you as I said before you started with optimism hmm. And Definitely. what we what we've got to recognise again, I mentioned it before, that, that run of eighteen, nineteen games unbeaten in the middle was just absolutely phenomenal. Oh, it was just incredible. Um, absolutely phenomenal. With um and you look at the, the, the we started the season with um COVID problems. We you know, we disrupted by COVID at the beginning of the season with players not being available and having mm-hmm. to I mean even October we couldn't play some games because we had COVID cases. Um we had um shortage of players through weddings and things because all the weddings for two years had all piled up so we were short of players we were playing young players um, so to be where we are with what 77 points is it now 77 77 mm. at this stage of the season it's just mind-blowingly good we've been unlucky that three other sides have also had a, had a run <laughs> yeah, definitely. that gap between fourth and fifth is ridiculous um, <laughs> but it is the way it's set up so I, I'll take the challenge, but I would need help from the community. Mm. Yes. No question about that. Um, we wouldn't, we couldn't do this without help from local businesses, and that's what we're trying to build that trust and trying to get the um, hopefully 
uh, get that support we, we need. I think there's some people that are interested. So, and uh, Warmers and Mortons are carrying on their support, if anything. They're growing it next year with us, which we're very grateful for. Nice. But we, we need help. Yeah. I mean, financial and physical. Yeah. yeah. Any good with a paintbrush? <laughs> no, I mean, I'll give you my best. <laughs> um, I mean, that is all that's what it's about, isn't it? It's, it's what you can lend, what you can give. Yeah. You, know, you, you give for the love of, of the game that we, that we all enjoy. But it doesn't have to be more than an hour a month. Just an hour a month means someone of the other volunteers who's got more than enough to do. That's one hour less they've got to do. Yeah. It's, it's that simple. Yeah. It's, it really is that simple. But unfortunately... People get frightened. They've honestly they get end up caught up with everything else. Don't worry, unless you know people want to change. They don't want to change. You know the positions are the the, the tiring ones have been taken. It's the little things that make the difference. Without Steve on the gate, he did a brilliant job and just does that. No fuss, no bother. He's he's an absolute star. And Dolly on the old uh, microphone as well. Those little things make all the difference to us. They help yeah. us make it a welcoming place, which I want more. Well, it is. Yeah, I don't have to worry about that when the street yeah. is a welcoming place. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, we found out a welcoming place is, you know, why we stuck stuck around and why we, we've. Uh, I know it was a little football as well. But yeah. We'd just... have to put up with the chair when he talks to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we, we love all of it. All and if you're talking mention I'll mention one of the other massive crew is Ethan one week when you lot were scaling off up north <laughs> and we had the storm damage and we had so many branches and twigs behind the goal there and there's Steve Spratt another hero our secretary and my wife were clearing up and I sort of asked for help and Ethan came down and spent an hour clearing up and made su- that one hour meant that we were able to play the game safely and I know it sounds silly but that's the sort of thing I deeply appreciate and that's the sort of thing we want to help them with. I mean that's what we, we hope that I mean we won't be uh, dashing up north um, anytime soon <laughs> but uh, hopefully Make we can to continue that. to I'll tell you <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we can continue to yeah. for the club and more people to get involved hmm. um, so it's just brilliant and I mean I think that answers our question really What for what can we expect next uh, for, for, for the club well there, there are, there's one thing definitely happening and we've uh, been accepted this is hot hot off the press oh, news hot that's what we love um, we've been <laughs> accepted uh, our application to put an under 18 side in the Warminster well Warminster in the under 18s flooded league in the West the uh, Wiltshire league there's so many W's around here I get <laughs> in, in the Wiltshire Senior uh, League uh, we'll wow. be playing under 18 football under floodlight next season that's been oh, accepted that's so that's amazing. really good news mm-hmm. uh, we're going to have a veterans friendly side this year with the aim of putting them into the uh, wheelchair league the following season so we're putting two other sides into place here uh, as well as our ladies and the first team and I think the reserves are going to be renamed development next year because we want that's our aim here at the club is to get players playing developmental football developing them to play the first team but also what we appreciate is some of the older players in the area who will be there to guide and assist those, those players in the development side. So it's not reserves, we want to develop them going forward. So that's that's the football side. And off the field, we've got one or two things we want to try and do <coughs> um, in terms of improving facilities here. Um, got one or two ideas, but um, requires money. So, and I can't commit to that until I know what the hell's, you know, until we go up. Yeah. If we go up, then I've got to, I've got to change my thoughts about how we're going to find money because 
I'd love to have a six-figure sum to spend on the ground. <laughs> I haven't got <laughs> No. No. Uh, we, we can't expect that, that sort of money just to, to appear no. um, and, and it is what it is but uh, we are so grateful to see that the club is you know, moving moving forward and, and yeah. doing such incredible things and you know, the idea of under 18s and, and, and veterans football and just increasing that, that reach out into different people and ages it's just great to see we're also seriously thinking about walking football um that unfortunately we haven't got facilities here because you've got to have a you're playing on a 3G surface for that but we might be interested in putting a side together there because that's all age groups um, our ladies have done exceptionally well they may have a change of league next year so we've got to change that approach as well so plenty of things for me to be learning about in the summer yes. how, <laughs> how we approach that but that's that's another question for another day they've got four games to go and uh, they've just got to they will do they've done brilliantly but they have got to uh just stick to their tasks not the first team yeah. and, I and if, if they carry on doing that there won't be a problem yeah. we look forward to watching those and, and you know, cheering on both sides and we'll have a voice left <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll see um, and I think that that, you know, that brilliantly summarises the, the, the spirit and the atmosphere we had at Warminster Warminster mm. Town and, and how welcoming it is um, and I hope that you're listening at home or you're watching on YouTube that you feel like you can come along and, and just experience the football that we have to offer because it's, I mean, personally, it's some of the best I've seen. It's, it's not just the football, it's the ambiance. It's the feeling that people can have a laugh and have a joke. And that, as I said, this is the thing again, and I'm sure I've bored people to death with this one this year. <laughs> but when I took over, I talked to the reserves first, and then we had the first team and the ladies as well. I made the point that they haven't played completely two seasons. They've missed out social life. Yeah? Yeah. And not play football. Not seen a family that that's very important. But basically keep someone like me safe because of my age. You know, I was you know, over over sixty therefore vulnerable. But I said the most important thing, apart from making sure you thank all the volunteers when you see them, which I thought was the most important thing, but the other thing that's highly important is you come off the field with a smile in your face. If something goes wrong, smile try it and smile because as we found out in the previous 18 months things were pretty awful weren't they we, 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 you know, first when the pandemic first struck we didn't, we, everyone was worried about what was going to happen Yeah. And, and the important thing is to smile yeah. um, and my job I see is to try and encourage people to smile yeah, one of the ladies had a, got upset a couple of weeks ago and was moaning like hell so I said oi you were meant to be smiling and I got that <laughs> back <laughs> and then got a near football half time but, but that's what I want and you've seen the respect huh, I get from the first <laughs> in particular no they're a smashing bunch and that is what I do all this for that's why I came, you know I come down here every week because I get so much enjoyment from watching people enjoying the football yeah. yeah, and I enjoy the moments as well as that camera shot shows. <laughs> I even enjoyed the seven six Hengrove game. <coughs> that was mad. Uh, that that is my my one regret is that the part of the channel was that we never got that, never made a video out of and that. Of course, that was the weekend Roland was away, so yeah. that was uh, probably no bad thing because of the people watching at home <laughs> panicking like as, as we were. My goodness gracious me, what a game! Yeah, crazy uh, game that was. Yeah, well, I tell you what, Hengrove have got the right attitude. They've got young players as well, you see. Yeah, and um, 
they're a good club. I like I like the chairman. Um, I, like, I, like, I like quite a lot of the chairman. I don't get on with most, frankly. And that's the big positive. Another thing against referees. I think there's only two I've been desperately upset with this season. One for every reason. And those of us who remember that game will not go who I was. That was the worst performance in 3,000 games I've ever seen. Um, and another one, just he had an off day and um, I didn't think that's... But everyone else, the lab we had on Saturday was lovely. Um, the, they are just as musty keen on their football as we are. And it's down to us to support them. Get frustrated, yes. But don't go too heavy. Yeah. they're only doing their very best there's no need it's just like a mistake you make a mistake in a game he's going to make them. he or she is going to make the odd mistake don't go on about it yeah. there's no point you're not going to change their minds anyway yeah without a doubt and I mean we're going to move on now I mean we could talk forever about Wormston Town and yes you probably could with me around you definitely <laughs> <laughs> um, but we've asked these questions of other professional footballer Will Fuller in our last podcast that was a good podcast by um, it was good. Yeah, great very interesting. Very interesting. Um, interesting and he gave us some good, great answers uh, to, to some interesting questions um, so we asked him about you know, out of all the footballers in history who do you put in your father's side team well I've written it down oh here we go now you see there's some people go who Pat Jennings goalkeeper played for both clubs so I can be quite safe on that one um, I know it sounds silly but I quite I thought Gerard Piquet at the, in terms of playing at the back he can go forward as well hmm. uh, and now I'm going back in time Bobby Moore the yeah. finest defender I think he made the game look so easy Jeffers reminds me of him actually you know he reads yeah. the game so well he's going to kill me when he <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Xavi the Spanish player um, um, the place of Barcelona and Lionel Messi I think you, you, you your defenders would be just twisting down but drilling a hole into the ground trying to cope with him because he's the greatest footballer I've certainly in this, this since 20, 2000 I know you're probably going to think Ronaldo but uh, uh, he, he, Messi is just he's, I remember when I first watched him and my jaw was dropping I thought I'd never seen anything like it <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, and he, he's not—he doesn't do the dark arts like Ronaldo. Ronaldo <laughs> ignoring that nonsense last weekend with the phone—that was a load of fuss about nothing, frankly. But uh, yeah, police investigation. Good grief! They've got more important things to do. I've got to be careful what I say. <laughs> um, no, no, messy to me. Um, and Maradona, you could admire. Um, he could play there, but he cheats. So I'm not having myself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were going to ask in their prime, Messi or Ronaldo, but I think. Messi is clearly the favourite. Uh, go on, Ryan. What was was who's for you, Messi or Ronaldo, and why? I think I have to go for Messi, just because his footwork and his ability to get past players is just on another level. Yes, Ronaldo can score goals and is fast, but no one can do it like Messi. So I am Team Messi. I saw Messi play against uh, Tottenham. Wembley uh, the, I think the game was on Tuesday Wednesday after there had been an American football match so the okay. pitch was in awful state absolutely awful and um, he was running rings around everybody on a difficult surface there was one I was sitting obviously with Tottenham fans and we were all going oh, oh and we were almost disappointed when he didn't score <laughs> and the ball went down the other <laughs> end and we went back to 2-2 two, two, and we thought how? Yeah, yeah. It, it was that sort of game. It was. It, I played a, a bit more for that game, but it was worth every penny. He is just a phenomenal player. Yeah, and there's no one. There's no one like him. So, 
I mean, I'm, I've always been a Messi fanboy. I, I said it in the last podcast. I'll say it again. Messi for me is the all-time mm. greatest player. Um, yeah, but, uh, you've got it. You give, I always think all-time greatest player. I think playing that games are different. You get the, the pitches these lads play on now are so much better. You've got to admire someone like uh, Charlton or uh, Cruyff. Um, Johan Cruyff, do look him up. <laughs> oh, no, you can't, can't not know who you are. Yeah, some people still might know. <laughs> um, the Dutch side in the seventies were just awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the football, the whole team it was a total football side. How they didn't win? Well, they didn't win in seventy-eight because the Argentinians cheated. Um, <laughs> but um, the West Germans probably cheated in seventy-four. <laughs> but they. <laughs> Yeah, don't even get me going on that one. <laughs> uh, but no, they're, they're players. I think you've got to compare. Um, footballers were different in those days. The, the, the conditioning these lads have now. Yeah, yeah. Against that, they have a lot more foreign travel. And that's something that gets forgotten. If you go on holiday, you know, if you're flying a plane for four hours, you're not really top, top of the world the next day, are you? No, no, no. Because these lads are doing it, particularly the ones who play in the Europa League. They're flying back late Thursday night, Friday morning, and playing football on Sunday afternoon. They're not going to be at their top, and that's why I think sides in the Europa League struggle. Mm-hmm. They, because they, the readjustment, particularly the Europa League, you tend to get more use in European sides in this. You've got longer travelling. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, that's got to be recognised. I, I don't think it is. Uh, I think players go through a lot, but other against that, you know, when my dad had an injury, it was slap a cold flannel on your leg. And <laughs> <laughs> um, that was it. Um, so the, the conditioning is different so each comparison I don't think you can ever you aren't, can't really compare like for like for someone playing in 2000 and someone playing in the 1970s it's yeah. not like for like in my opinion there you go uh, uh, I mean a debate will rage on whether we've come to a conclusion <laughs> or not well um, the greatest goal, <laughs> one of the greatest goalkeepers I would have said and I mentioned Jennings there he didn't actually play for England because he played for Wales with Neville Southall unbelievable goalkeeper Unbelievable! He made the game look so easy. Remarkable goalkeeper. There are, I mean, there are just some great players in mm. history, and, and I mean, I hope. And I think Ryan's similar that you know when we continue to go around these four matches, we might get to see the next great thing before. I saw Deli Ali play for MK Dons against Jimmy. and, that, that's and he, he scored. He, yeah, we won five two, but he scored both goals. Fantastic. But yeah, that's the special thing. Yeah. Is it seeing these players before they, they hit the, the big time? Before yeah, I think Tottenham already put in paid for him and he'd gone back alone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's just yeah. special players. Awesome. I, I mean, we have to ask Premier League, Champions League, and World Cup winners for next, for next season. I still think Man City have got enough strength in depth. I know they, the captain's not hanging around, but Manchester City aren't slowing coming forward. They'll sort that out with Fernandinho going. Um, I just think that I think Liverpool will uh, chase them again. I don't. I, thought, I don't know. It depends on what happens with the Chelsea and the takeover there. Mm. Um, yeah, the, the, though they, the, what a turnaround! You know, getting can take. Uh, was it owned by Brentford? Weren't they really? Um, <laughs> and then to turn around like they've done uh, the awesome performance last night just fell last minute, but the. the that's a remarkable performance, but I don't know how the contract thing will sort with them, so they'll be sniffing around. So I'd just say Man City. The Champions League, I would like to see Manchester City win it, because even though they've got money, their players are... You pay money to watch De Bruyne at the yeah. top of his level. It's like 
Aguero's goal against QPR that will stick in my memory even though I'm not a City fan it was mm. that proper what football's about drama oh. it's a bit you know the uh, Solskjaer's <laughs> goal in the uh, 1999 uh, Europa, uh, European Champions final Champions League final in the Bernabeu against uh, Bayern Munich wasn't it one? yes it, it, those moments stick in the brain um, World Cup haven't got a clue <laughs> because it's somewhere different isn't it Normally, yeah, you can, yeah. if you hold it in Europe, you can check the European size like the winning. Mm. If you hold it in South America, the odds favour the South Americans. Though, of course, in Brazil, the Germans were just awesome, weren't they? Yeah, Took else. them apart in the semi-final. It was a jaw-dropping moment. But Qatar might be different. I think England have got plenty of natural ability, and I think Southgate sometimes just got to let them go. Yeah. Just let them go. Um, you get... You get st- the semi-final against Croatia... In 18, he didn't quite have the courage of his convictions, and he changed the tactics against Italy. I know it's awful, but the early goal didn't help us because yeah. it meant he went negative straight away. And the Italians are always artful, and they all do something. Well, they can't do anything in the world. <laughs> that was one of the highlights of recent weeks. That was. Yeah. That's very nice to watch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then of course North Macedonia not got knocked out in the next round, didn't they? Yeah, shame, shame. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't like to be the person who has to try and put a, try try and put numbers on who's going to win the World Cup. This year. No, and of course the way the draw is, you haven't really got a clue. Um, the draw, I must admit, as someone with a sense of humour, obviously done that. You know, US, Iran, and England in the same group. <laughs> I, it's just. I was watching think that's going to be Iran it was <laughs> you just knew it <laughs> yeah um, and I've got a question written down here it's the final one for this section hmm. is there a, obviously we, we know Messi and Ronaldo play at another level but obviously this season has been slightly different they both changed teams yes. performances might not be considered their usual but maybe that's the, the standards that they are, we've seen from them. Uh, and they're in the twilight of their career. And I think so I've read something recently. So Messi was not no long could be considered as one of the world's greatest footballers because he's had the dreadful season with PSG. Really, he's still the oh, oh, give me strength. He's got the most assists in that league. Yeah, he has. Assists. And but again, if anything, this one club is worse than City for buying trophy players. It's them. Yeah, they buy mm. players with names but don't think about how it's going to set as a team you can't have Neymar in the same side as um, Messi and who's the other lad they got up front Mbappe that that, that isn't going to work how you've got all players all demand the ball Mm. they all demand the ball and they'll do something with it but you're actually knocking the ball not giving them the ball for a third of the match each if you have a play all three I'm, I'm I'm it's true. It's true. I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. He, he trophy players all well. You look at what they buy in at City. They don't buy any player. They buy a player that fits in the way they operate. Yeah. And that's to some extent what Tottenham should be doing and what Chelsea should be doing. Chelsea were guilty of buying trophy players, and it didn't always work. Yeah. Because Abramovich wanted to use his ill-gotten gains on something like that, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, who do you think is the best player in the world right now? Gums. If it's different from above, <laughs> I've got to admire Benzema for Real Madrid. He's, he's that that header, uh, just the first game against Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gee whiz, it was, um, <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> um, but there's, 
The trouble is, I think some of the you look at the Barcelona sides that they've faded away, haven't they? Yeah. Real Madrid, not the strong side. There's no stars in. I don't think they were standing out particularly. I don't watch enough South American football to offer an opinion about that. Mm. I get, can you imagine if I watched any more football than I would do I don't think you know I don't even watch games when I get home because it's so unfair I put my wife through a game here every week <laughs> and it's not really fair but I, I, I Benzema stood out this year because of the way he finishes but there's, there's a few other players I admire but nothing's, nothing special at the moment is difficult and I think I've got to probably watch more proper football such Kane at the moment he's just out of this world but the first half of the season has been incredibly average yeah, yeah. Um, but he's that look over his shoulder and the head on against for oh, some that was just a disgusting assist <laughs> absolutely ridiculous um, but he is a special player but Sky still don't rate him <laughs> we're, definitely, we're definitely not biased Gra- Graham, Graham Souness is a well known expert on modern football <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to open this question up, up to Ryan as well do you want to have your say on he's a great he's Ooh. best player in the world right now there's a hard one um, I agree I don't think I mean you could have Salah but he's been a bit off form recently mm. so I mean and Messi even though he's been great he hasn't been at, like as good mm. as he used to be uh, I'm just going to be you know biased and say son <laughs> yeah, but only one, this is what the nonsense of social media. A few weeks ago, people were having a go at Son. For God's sake, he's, I said earlier, he's one of the most natural footballers mm. playing in world football. He makes the game look so easy. And he's always happy. And he's always happy. But he's done so much for that club. Mm. So much to actually had a couple of off games. Let him have a couple of off games. He's like, oh, lads, here. They get upset over something. I said, do you realise how far you've come this season? I won't say who because it'd be embarrassing. You're allowed 10 seconds where it doesn't go quite right. For God's sake, think on the positive. No. Yeah? Definitely. Don't get yourself upset with it. Um, I get upset with results, but think. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't go right, but he's gone right so many, in so many other areas. Players have reached levels for our team that I don't think they generally expected themselves. And I'm thrilled to bits to see it. Yeah. Then no one, no one playing at our level is going to be a messy. They might in their heads think, <laughs> but realistically, they're not. So to see people to the play the best of their ability and like, you know, someone's asking about goal of the season for our time team this year. I can think of at least five yeah. without even trying. Um, just recognise talent and accept that people have the odd off day. Yeah. About Definitely. that, yeah. Well, there you go. And and I'm going to ask you so. Uh, uh, a few questions now about real big issues in football yeah. and you know where I mean I wouldn't ask you to solve them um, although I'm sure you have a few ideas um, but uh, I'd make the FA move based <laughs> in Bristol for a start so they have a clue what real football's about <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'd, I'd just like to know your, your opinion on some of these um, and the first one and the important one to both me and Ryan is how important is uh, to football is non, non-league or is considered non-league well you actually take yourself back to a number of people who are you look at Ian Wright where did he start his football he started his football at non-league got to Crystal Palace then played for England, Arsenal in England 
Non-league is important. It encourages local talent. We've got a few young players, and that's what we intend doing. Uh, Ming started his career playing locally at Chippenham, didn't he? Mm. Yeah. Um, Ollie Watkins, Western Supermare. And that's without even... I'm, I'm just thinking of players around here. And there's players in the northwest, in the Midlands, and the southeast who have all started to get missed out on this academy stuff and don't get picked up. So it's important that non-league football still keeps going. There's the community aspect I've uh, mentioned before that's important. And you look at uh, what Dulwich Hamlet have done in that document. Have you seen the Peter Crouch thing? That's that's an interesting side to life. Um, here, the people at Westbury, um, Froome, Melksham, yeah. they're all important parts of the community. And yeah. uh, it... it it, it's making to feel someone feel the part and even the club the town I come from it, I actually come I'm born and bred in Raynham in Kent which is part of the Medway Towns but I say Gillingham to people because people haven't got a clue where Raynham is um, <laughs> but it is important for an area to even like Gillingham to have an identity a club Gillingham people wouldn't know who Gillingham were if they weren't appearing on the, in the uh, football results on Soccer Saturday on Saturday no, no, it's true. It's true, and it's the same here. You've got to. I I think it's so important that people sing the praise of the Warmester, and I see that banner out there, the Warmester Hybrid Youth as well. All the effort that goes on throughout the country at providing football at all levels has got to be recognised um, and uh, celebrated. Very true. Uh, and on that note, what's what do you reckon is the biggest issue with football right now? Twofold. I think the Football Association has got to stop being pretty um, emails they send around saying England football and actually start helping English football yeah. by not making stupid decisions about playoffs and everything else. Asking volunteers to do so many things extra that don't really add any value to the game at all. Um, they've also got to, got to assist the people running the leagues because they're all volunteers of our level. Yeah. They, 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 they just write nonsense. Um, I'm disappointed at the way they, they've organised the pyramid scheme in South East, uh, Southwest rather. I just don't think it's, it's viable to ask Cornish sides to come up every other week to Bristol. Yeah. No more than it is for Bristol and Wiltshire sides to go once a season to Cornwall. Um, that's, that's a nonsense and someone's got to get a grip of that. Someone's done a nice little pretty diagram, but the real realism is that the geography of this country, you can't do that. But yeah. that's that problem. But the most important thing, I think, is uh, the it, well, two other things. One is respect for the officials. No, I know I lose it occasionally, but most of the time I swear I don't, because I don't believe that's right or fair or reasonable, but I will point out an error. Um, uh, there was an injury recently where my, one of the referees told one of my players to get up and he didn't check how that player was before he told him to get up I thought that was disrespectful but most I think respect has got to be both ways and that's very important and that applies to officials on and off the field and also people behind the scenes at clubs but that goes to my other problem I don't think there's enough volunteers right across the piece you actually look around the clubs we play this season at, um, I won't mention names because it's not fair yeah yeah. But you have genuine sympathy with other clubs, with the number of people they've got supporting. Uh, so running the clubs and running the teams, you know, it's a real full, full-on commitment, and um, something that's got to be done to encourage volunteers 
And I don't think you encourage volunteers by changing the rules about how things apply every season. Or as we have found out recently, we didn't know the player's system was confirmed until two weeks ago. And now it might be changing again because something's happened off, uh, not necessarily at our level, but the next level up. And I don't think that's right. You buy a raffle ticket, don't you? You know what the price is. Yeah. At the moment, they keep changing the price. And I, I, I think that's disrespectful to clubs. Oh, um, right. it's, it's not right. But the, the most important thing is, is volunteers. I think that's a real issue. And stop the officials keep changing the laws of football. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Because it doesn't give the officials a chance. FIFA, naff off out of it for a few months, a few yeah. years. Leave the game as it is. This, this nonsense at our level of not being active, you can't put the flag up. I've seen an injury this season to a goalkeeper caused by that stupid rule. I don't blame the officials. They apply the laws as written down. It's a stupid law. If you're offside when your ball's running clear, you don't put the flag up where the ball, the goalkeeper and the player collide. Mm. You put the flag up before and the whistle goes before that happens to avoid a problem with collision. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, but that's a rule introduced by Kalina and Co. Again, Ellery, who haven't got a bloody clue. Sorry, you know, I say bloody Ellery. Yeah. They <laughs> haven't got a clue about real football. Yeah. It's, it's it's, it, you've got to apply the same laws by and large, but you've got to have realise that that's, that's, that, into my mind, would protect the player and also help the officials. And I think it's got to be both ways. Um, and you've mentioned volunteers here. I think this leads on. Um, pretty well to our final two questions and I'll ask them both at the same time because they're of similar ilk okay. um, but why should someone volunteer at a local club and, and what would you say to someone who wants to play football at a local side let's go for the playing first play for enjoyment to start off with you've got to enjoy your football be prepared to accept criticism mm-hmm. constructive criticism I hate managers on coaches you've got that wrong no you tell them what they're doing wrong don't shout you're doing wrong like you know there's four of you all going for the same ball within a yard of each other for a kick well he's right whoever you know had that said that's fine have a go at somebody for that but don't that was I can't use a word alright yeah players know when they've fouled up they don't need telling but most importantly, go enjoy your football. Learn from that. Learn from your peers. Be not be frightened of learning because you don't stop learning in life apart from football. Try and get some involvement, in, uh, enjoyment in the game because it is still an enjoyment, isn't it? Yeah. It should be for spectators an enjoyment seeing a wonderful strike on goal or a brilliant save or a great tackle. I saw the grassroots stuff this week. Some kid from Southampton and playing at probably 11, 12 year old every tackle clean as a whistle it was as enjoyable as watching someone scoring the goal yeah, yeah. I, I, that's the enjoyment is there so learn and be prepared to listen talk to and play with try and play with your friends as well if you've got some friends who want to play that can make a difference and I think that's the difference that we notice that with our sides and the sides we play they get on well together because then, if there's something goes wrong, by and large, your mates will help you out through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah? I know it's like a lot with the Warmers, the, the first team. They all seem to gel and get along well. Mm. And, it's, and with us watching, it's lovely to see. The chemistry's good. 
and the saves, the tackles, goals, it's all amazing to see. Yeah, it's it's the it's the encouragement and particularly yeah, you see it as I mentioned earlier about the development side with some of the older players in the in the in the Warminster first team. You hear the words of encouragement to the younger players, and you can see the younger players growing in confidence because they're being encouraged. All oh, the quiet word you do, you turn your body that way, or do that, or f- take him out of that channel. That's encouragement, um, and that's very important. I've heard Andy have quiet words with players after the game or before the game. He doesn't have to all be bawling, <laughs> but no, you, you see so many managers. You, yeah, yeah, you. But again, it applies to all of us as well. We've got to enjoy it. And we were sometimes going to moderate it when we stand on the touchline. No, I'm not. I'm not bad, actually. There's some people just don't know when to wind their neck in. And you've got to do that. You've got to do that. But that volunteer, though, volunteer is just help. The, the self-satisfaction of being able to help. And, you know, I'm sure enough, I've told Steve how many times how grateful I am and to Dolly how grateful I am for their, their support. But the feeling is though you made a contribution to your community or the club. And for someone to smile at you say thank you. Yeah. You too. You know, I bet you went in your day to day job you want someone to say thank you for what you do, don't you? It'd be nice. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. It would be. So you get that someone saying thank you, recognising you. Yeah. And even it's little things like well, we've got what someone who actually makes the cakes for our hospitality at half time. It that's a little contribution, but it's absolutely invaluable. It's a performance in vital part of this club. And, and this league um, that, you know we're not unique we try to be we try our best to be friendly as best we can um, but we recognise there's other people doing the same yeah uh, I mean brilliantly brilliantly put uh, and I, I think personally that being brilliant uh, uh, all round talking about so many different things history events uh, memories um, issues and, and opinions so just personally from me and Ryan we'd like to thank you for coming oh, on thank you. Uh, thank you for you've got a lot to edit out if you, you want to keep it down <laughs> <two hours. laughs> we got well we, we want to put it out there and for one hit everybody to hear what you have to say um, and, and what you have uh, uh, to, to, to give to, to the world of football because you know, there's a lot there. there's lots of people like like me and you who are enthusiastic about the game and put a lot in what you're doing at your age is fantastic. What Roland's doing in supporting the club as well. And there's Jacob Price up at uh, Caution. There's lots of people doing a fantastic job at the managers and everything else. And that's something we mustn't forget. There's lots of people doing lots of things quietly that no one notices. And I think they should be given every praise and every support we possibly can to everybody in the game. And I include the county FA officials here as well and the league officials. They all do a fantastic job. You guys do because your enthusiasm for the game shows to everyone else and gets us smiling, gets the players smiling. They see you enjoying your football, and that gives everybody a boost. And that's life at the moment can be pretty serious. So let's give each other a boost and have a laugh at the same time. Definitely. I know that's probably me naturally. <laughs> yes, again, but it's, it's the way. It's the way. It's the way. I, that's my philosophy. It is, and it's a brilliant philosophy. So thank you very much, David, for joining me. Okay. Uh, and. And thank you, Ryan, for uh, coming on. We'll no have worries. Ryan on very soon, hopefully. Um, and you know, we'll be back very, very soon, hopefully next month with another podcast with another guest. And if you'd like to see anybody in particular, 
write it down below, put it in the comments, or let me us know at Weymouth Street Massive on Instagram, um, and also on YouTube. So go look us up, go subscribe, go follow. Um, we'd really love to have you guys here listening, watching, uh, and joining us on this journey. So that's Weymouth Street Massive on both YouTube and Instagram, and Back of the Net on both Spotify and Apple. So thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you very, very soon. We'll be in the Weymouth Street Massive. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.